Welcome to Zichu Daf Simanim Member by Avram Goldhar, and today we're Zechus Ksubas Daf Ein Test, the eighth parakai Isha Shanaflu. The Zichu Mesechus Ksubas program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three times we're going to focus on number one, the Gemara brings an incident of a woman who wanted to keep her properties out of the reach of her prospective husband and wrote them over as a gift to her daughter. She got married and subsequently divorced and came before Avnachman to demand that her daughter return the property and he tore up the star. He ruled the star was invalid because she never really intended the transfer. When Marukva was asked if what Rav Nachman did was appropriate, he said that this is what Rav Hanilai Bar-Edi said that Shmuel said, I'm a legal authority and I say, if a star of a woman who's keeping property away from her husband comes before me, I'll tear it up. Rav said to Rav Nachman that the reason Shmuel rules this way is because a person does not leave himself penniless and give his property away to others, but that is in the case of strangers. But here a mother would give it all away to her daughter, and therefore the star should be valid. Rav Nachman answered that when compared to her daughter, she herself takes precedence. Point to the next mission states, If a woman inherited money, land should be bought with it, and he, referring to the husband, eats the produce. If she inherited produce detached from the ground, land should be bought with it and he eats the produce. The Gemara discusses cases in which the husband and wife disagree on what type of real estate to buy. It's obvious that if one spouse wants to buy land and the other wants to buy a house, they buy land. Rashi explains that they both can insist on land because it's better for them. The husband can say he wants land because the produce is greater, and the wife can say she wants the land and not the house because the house is liable to depreciate. If one wants to buy houses and the other wants day palms, they buy day palms. Rashi explains that houses are more profitable since day palms are prone to dry out. And point of three was taught in the price of Vlad Behemoth's Malugla Ba, Vlad Shivcha's Malugla Isha. The offspring of a Malug anima belongs to the husband, the offspring of a Malug Shivcha belongs to the wife. But Hananya bin Achiyoshia says, they make the offspring of a Malug Shivcha like the offspring of a Malug animal, and the husband receives both. The Gemara says that it's understandable, according to Hananya, that the husband receives both the offspring of the Mug animal Shivcha, that's because he holds, we're not concerned for the possibility of the mother's death. If he was, then the offspring would be considered the principal and go to her. But according to the Rabban, if they're concerned for the death of the mother, then both should go to the wife. And if they're not concerned, then both should go to the husband. The Gemara answers, really, they are concerned for the death of the mother. But an animal is different because there's always its hide. Even if the animal were to die, some principle would remain. Therefore, there's no reason to prevent the husband from taking the offspring. So once again, the three points are, number one, the Gemara brings an incident of a woman who wanted to keep her properties out of the reach of her prospective husband and wrote them over as a gift to her daughter. She got married and subsequently divorced and came before Avnachman to demand that her daughter return the property and he tore up the star. He ruled the star was invalid because she never really intended the transfer. When Marukva was asked if what Rav Nachman did was appropriate, he said that this is what Rav Hanilai Bar-Edi said that Shmuel said, I'm a legal authority and I say, if a star of a woman who's keeping property away from her husband comes before me, I'll tear it up. Rav said to Rav Nachman that the reason Shmuel rules this way is because a person does not leave himself penniless and give his property away to others, but that is in the case of strangers. But here a mother would give it all away to her daughter, and therefore the star should be valid. Rav Nachman answered that when compared to her daughter, she herself takes precedence. Pointing to the next mission states, if a woman inherited money, 
Yalakach behem kark vahu ochel peres. Lehen should be bought with it, and he, referring to the husband, eats the produce. Peres atush mina karka, yalakach behem karka vahu ochel peres. If she inherited produce detached from the ground, land should be bought with it, and he eats the produce. The Gemara discusses cases in which the husband and wife disagree on what type of real estate to buy. Pshita arubate ara. It's obvious that if one spouse wants to buy land, and the other wants to buy a house, they buy land. Rashi explains that they both can insist on land because it's better for them. The husband can say he wants land because the produce is greater, and the wife can say she wants the land and not the house because the house is liable to depreciate. If one wants to buy houses and the other wants day palms, they buy day palms. Rush explains that houses are more profitable since day palms are prone to dry out. And point of three was taught in the price of Vlad Behemoth Malugla Ba, Vlad Shivchas Malugla Isha. The offspring of a Malug anima belongs to the husband, the offspring of a Malug Shivcha belongs to the wife. But Hananya bin Achiyoshia says, they make the offspring of a Malug Shivcha like the offspring of a Malug animal, and the husband receives both. The Gemara says that it's understandable, according to Hananya, that the husband receives both the offspring of the Mug animal Shivcha, that's because he holds, we're not concerned for the possibility of the mother's death. If he was, then the offspring would be considered the principal and go to her. But according to the Rabban, if they're concerned for the death of the mother, then both should go to the wife. And if they're not concerned, then both should go to the husband. The Gemara answers, really, they are concerned for the death of the mother. But an animal is different because there's always its hide. Even if the animal were to die, some principle would remain. Therefore, there's no reason to prevent the husband from taking the offspring. All right, so now we go to our Simadav Ein Tess, and our standard simulates to an Ada pen or a quill, and we often use a sofa as the simon. Sofa. So here goes. It was a rough day for the sofa who just ripped up the shtarm of Rachas. He had spent hours writing when he saw his wife standing in the new field she bought with her inheritance money instead of the house he wanted holding her shivcha malug's baby that belonged to her. Once again, it's motion. It was a rough day for the sofa. Sofa, that must be earned off. I'm Tess. Hey. It was a rough day for the sofa who just ripped up the shtarm of Rachas. He had spent hours writing, which reminds us, the Gemara brings an incident of a woman who wanted to keep her properties out of the reach of her prospective husband and wrote them over as a gift to her daughter. She got married and subsequently divorced and came before Rav Nachman to demand that her daughter return the property. And he tore up the star. He ruled the star wasn't valid because she never really intended the transfer. So it was a rough day for the sofa who just ripped up the shtarm of Rachas. He had spent hours writing when he saw his wife standing in the new field she bought with her inheritance money instead of the house he wanted. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses cases in which the husband and wife disagree on what type of real estate to buy with their inheritance money. It's obvious that if one spouse wants to buy land and the other wants to buy a house, they buy land. Rashi explains they both can insist on land because it's better for them. The husband can say he wants the land because the produce is greater. And the wife can say she wants the land and not the house because a house is liable to depreciate. So it was a rough day for the sober who just ripped up the shtarm of Rachas. He had spent hours writing when he saw his wife standing in the new field she bought with her inheritance money instead of the house he wanted holding her shifcha malog's baby that belonged to her, which reminds us, it was taught in the price of Vlad Behemoth's malog labal, Vlad shifcha's malog laisha. The offspring of a malog animal belongs to the husband. The offspring of malog shifcha belongs to the wife. But Hananya ben Achiyoshia says, Asib Vlad shifcha's malog ke Vlad Behemoth's malog. They make the offspring of a malog shifcha like the offspring of a malog animal, and the husband receives both. The reason, according to the Tanakh, the that the offspring of the malog shifcha belongs to the wife is that we're concerned that the mother may die, therefore the offspring becomes the principal. So once again, 
It was a rough day for the sofa who just ripped up the shtarm of Rachas. He had spent hours writing when he saw his wife standing in the new field she bought with her inheritance money instead of the house he wanted, holding a shift from baby that belonged to her. All right, now it's time to go to our four block back Hazara. Daf Ein Hay. So the similar Daf Ein Hay is an Amaharts. So here goes. It was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant Amaharts. Amaharts? That must mean more on Daf Ein Hay. It was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant Amaharts, who combed wool as a profession, which reminds us the Gemara teaches that women prefer to be married than being alone, even if it means marrying someone who's exceptionally short or has a repulsive profession like combing wool. So it was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant Amaharts, who combed wool as a profession, met the sweaty woman with the mole who had bad breath, which reminds us the Mishnah had said to call Mumishaposim Kohanim all blemishes, that disqualified Kohanim from their avoda are considered blemishes for a marriage when the husband was Makadisha with the tonight that there be no blemishes. Abraisatat, Hosifu Oren Zeya They added the following defects for marriage, which are not defects for Kohanim perspiration, a mole, and bad breath. So it was a match made in heaven when the short as an ant Amaharitz, who combed wool as a profession, met the sweaty woman with the mole who had bad breath, and somehow he didn't notice her blemishes until she was already in his house, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, If physical blemishes were found in her after her erison, but while she was still in her father's house, the father must bring proof that they came to her after erison, so that it's the husband's field that was flooded, so to speak. If she entered the rishus of her husband before they were found, the husband must bring proof that they were there before, and his acquisition was an acquisition made in error. Moazah says the ratio reflects the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua and the safe of the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel. Dafine Vav. So the similar Dafine Vav is an IV tube or bag. So here goes. The newly married nurse with the IV bag. IV bag? That must be more in Dafine Vav. The newly married nurse with the IV bag who just told her husband who discovered her moon, Manali Biyadcha, which reminds us Ravashi interpreted the Mishnah Daf Ein Heyamanov to be the ratio where she's still in her father's house is equivalent to someone saying, Manali Biyadcha, you owe my father a mana. Since the girl is only Mukadesh's, and if she were to get divorced, the Ksuba would go to her father, as she's still a minor, the claimant against her husband is her father. Therefore, the Chazaka of her body cannot be used to support his claim. And the safer where the defect is discovered after she's married is equivalent to someone saying, Manalibiyatcha, you owe me a mana, since in that case the Ksuba is paid to her. Therefore, her Chazaka supports her claim for the Ksuba. So the newly married nurse with the IV bag who just told her husband who discovered her moon, Manali Biyadcha, ignored the pleas of a donkey owner to hook it up to his dead donkey so he could try to keep a newly acquired cow. Which reminds the review said in the name of Shmuel, Amachli Parba Chamor, if someone exchanges a cow for a donkey, Mashach Bal Chamor, Sapara, and the original owner of the donkey pulled the cow to affect the Kenyan, but the owner of the cow did not have a chance to pull the donkey before the donkey died, as it was in a different location at the time, and he now claims that the donkey died before the cow was pulled, so that the Kenyan never took effect. It's on the owner of the donkey to bring proof that his donkey was still alive at the time the cow was pulled. If he could not prove it, he must return the cow to its original owner. So, the newly married nurse with the ivy bag who just told her husband who discovered her womb, Manali Biyadcha, ignored the pleas of a donkey owner to hook it up to his dead donkey so he could try to keep a newly acquired cow and brought it instead to the young woman who had an epileptic seizure. Which reminds us, the Mishnah had stated that the Chami said that the rulings were stated by Mumin Shabbaseser with regards to defects in unexposed parts of the body. Rav Nachman said, dummy. An epilepsy where seizures cause the woman to fall to the ground is like defects in unexposed parts of the body. And the Mora clarifies that this is only when the condition has a fixed time so the woman can conceal it by not going out. But if the time is not fixed, it's like a defect in an exposed part of her body since her condition is probably known. 
Daf Ein Sein. So the similar Daf Ein Sein is a goat, an A's. So here goes. Did the dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides? Goat? That must be one Daf Ein Sein. The dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, which reminds Ramirez said, concerning all the repulsive men, such as a tanner and a gather of excrement, that a woman may divorce, Afopisha Hisnima, even if he had stipulated with her that she would marry him despite his defects, she can say later, I thought I'd be able to tolerate, but now that I see I can't. But the Chavim say, if he made a stipulation with her, she must tolerate the defect against her will, except for Mukhashkin, because by having relations with him, she causes his flesh to fall apart. So the dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, met up with his Mukhashkin friend suffering from Razan, who was learning with a rabbi, which reminds us of Yossi said, a Zakrim from Yushayim told me that there are 24 kinds of Mukhashkin, and concerning all of them, the Chavim said that marital relations are harmful for them, Ubali Razan, Kashmakun, and those afflicted with Razan. Marital relations are more harmful than the others. After the war mentions Amarim who took precautions from getting too close to those with Razan, it brings Rabbi Shubin Levi who stuck close to them, and was involved in Torah learning as he learned, that the Torah will certainly protect those that already have it. So the dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, met up with his mukhashkin friend suffering from Razan, who was learning with a rabbi, who then jumped over a fence into a beautiful garden that looked at Gan Eden, never to be seen again, which reminds us of the story of Rabbi Shubin Levi and the Malchamavis and Rabbi Shubin Levi's leaping into Gan Eden. Dafayin Ches, so the similar Dafayin Ches is a child going, Ach. So here goes. The young chassan went, Och, Och, that must be more Dafayin Ches. The young chassan went, Och, when he was told that the property his Arusa inherited and sold is not his since the sale was good. Which reminds us, the opening mission of the eighth parak begins, if a woman inherited property before becoming an Arusa and then became an Arusa, Beishamah and Beishil agree, Shalmecheres Menosenes Vakayim, that she may sell or give them away and the transfer stands. If she inherits the properties after becoming an Arusa, Beishamah say, she may sell them, but Beishil say she may not sell them. They both agree that if she sells them or gives them away, the transfer stands. So the young chassan went, Ugh, when he was told that the property is a Rus inherited and sold, is not his, since the sale was good, heard a young child go, Ugh, Ugh, and say he should be ashamed that he can even retrieve properties she received and then sold as a Nasua. Which reminds us, the mission continues, Rebuda said, Since he gained possession of the woman in that she is his Arusa, should he not gain possession of the properties? Concerning the new property she acquired after becoming a Nasua, we're ashamed that the Rabbanu permitted the husband to retrieve them from the buyers, and you wish to impose on us the old properties, a limitation on her ability to sell the properties she acquired and sold as an Arusa? So the young chassan went, ugh, when he was told that the property his Arusa inherited and sold is not his since the sale was good, heard a young child go, ugh, ugh, and say he should be ashamed that he can even retrieve property she received and then sold as an Asua. And now after Usha, he can even inherit the Nixi Meluk she sold after she died. Which reminds us, the mission state regarding an Asua inherited properties, if she inherited them after becoming an Asua, everyone agrees that if she sold them or gave them away, the husband can take them from the buyers. The asks, isn't this the Takana of Usha which existed after the time of the Mishnah? And the Gemara answers, our mission is dealing with the status of the field during her lifetime. It refers to the produce of the land. Whereas the Takana of Usha is Bukufa deals with the land itself and refers to its status after his wife's death. Rashi explains that the Mishnah doesn't mean that the sale is totally void. It's only void with regard to the husband's right to remove the produce. If she then dies, the husband loses that right. In Usha, they enacted the husband inherits even the property itself.
All right, now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which of the women that a man and a wife might find repulsed because of his profession like a tanner, she's permitted to divorce? That's on Duff. Einstein. Good number two, which stuff do we discuss? The Vlad Behemoth's Maluga and the Vlad Shippach's Maluga in terms of who they belong to. That's on Duff. Ein test. Good number three. Which stuff do we learn that in Usha they enacted that the husband inherits the Nixon in Elug, the wife's soul? That's on Duff. Ein test. Good number four. Which stuff do we learn about the disease of Rasan? And how Yeshua ben Levi would learn near people afflicted with it? That's on Duff. Einstein. Good number five. Which of them in the Roman Gamil said that we're already embarrassed that the properties on the Sua cells can be retrieved. Now we want to place a limit on the properties that on Arusa cells. That's on Duff. Einches. Good number six. Which of them that if a husband and wife disagree on what type of real estate to buy with their inheritance money, a land or a house, the one who chooses land wins. That's on Duff. Ein test. Good number seven. Which stuff do we have a Malchus Rav and Shmuel where one was Makadash, a woman with a Tanai, and then married her without a Tanai? That's on Duff. Ein Gimel. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn that Rav Nachman tore up a Shtarm of Rachas because the woman never intended to transfer her property? That's on Duff. Ein test. Good number nine. Which stuff do we discuss the case of doing a Kenyan Khalifim with a cow and a donkey, and after Mashiach was done the cow, it was discovered that the donkey died. That's on Duff. Ein Vav. Good. And number 10. Which stuff do we have the mice of Rabbi Shubin Levi and the Malchamavis? That's on Duff. Ein Zayn. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zikr. We share a great day and great learning.